Welcome to the Bill Sang Podcast. My name is Bill Sang. And once again, I want to start off this program by talking briefly about the shirt that I am wearing right now. It is the Bill Sang Podcast t-shirt. And you can find it on WilliamHSang.com. It's a wonderful way to be able to support this program and to ensure that we're able to continue to make episodes of the Bill Sang Podcast. We very much appreciate any support you're willing to provide. And on with our show. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is our main slash final topic of the night is going to be, is Trump, Donald Trump, anti-Semitic? There have been claims in the news that Donald Trump had made some anti-Semitic remarks. We're going to get into that. I find it very strange that all of a sudden you have Kanye West that they accused of making anti-Semitic remarks. I don't know if I saw his full comments or not. From what I have read, they're sketchy, I think. There are certain things that he said that were just not well-worded at the very least. Um, But Donald Trump, on the other hand, his are interesting, and I think that we'll find them very insightful if we pay attention to what he has to say and... Just to give you a spoiler, no, Donald Trump is not anti-Semitic. So, moving on with the rest of the show, we're going to start off by talking about the Watchmen creator, Alan Moore. I didn't know that that was his name. I saw the movie The Watchmen a long time ago. The previews were very intriguing. The cinematography looked awesome. And so I went to go see the movie, and it was a mistake. The Watchmen was a terrible movie with pretty much no redeeming value to it, except for a few one-liners that I think that uh, Rorschach had said throughout the movie. Other than that, I I didn't think the movie was worthwhile at all, and I I guess the Watchmen fans were also very disappointed by it, so I don't know if it was just the fact that I'm not a fan of the graphic novels that I don't like the Watchmen, or if it is the fact that it was just a bad movie all around. Personally, I saw the... Watchmen movie as uh, there's a certain line of philosophy that it follows basically the um, the ends justify the means and that is the philosophy that really drove this movie and ended up ruining this movie entirely I believe because uh, basically what they showed is that the truth at the end of the movie didn't matter what mattered was the peace and the hun- unity of the human race regardless of what the truth really was. And I think that that is a very foolish lesson to draw from any situation. But the Watchmen creator, Alan Moore, says adults who enjoy superhero media are engaging in a kind of infantilization that can very often be a precursor to fascism. And this is an article from Bounding Into Comics. Bounding Into Comics wrote this article um, regarding the Watchmen creator and I was very intrigued to read this because I thought to myself, wow, he might actually be on to something because if you have been following the superhero movies at all, they've been coming more and more woke. You have the Eternals. You have Captain Marvel. I almost said Miss Marvel, but Captain Marvel. You have Thor, Love, and Thunder. And by the way, I'm not saying those are necessarily all bad movies, but they are trending toward the woke end of the spectrum. I heard that For instance, Thor Love and Thunder, I heard, was was a really fun movie. And I'm personally a fan of the Thor movies myself. I think they're a lot of fun. But just hearing the reviews about Thor Love and Thunder, it is clear that they are definitely taking their heroes in a more woke direction. So when I saw this, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, Alan Moore is pointing out the fact that wokeism 
leads to fascism, or wokeism is an arm of fascism. As we have seen the, the riots uh, in the streets in these major cities during the 2020 election cycle were very clearly the result of groups like BLM and I can't remember what other groups, but you also had those attempts to create their own countries inside of cities, the autonomous zones. I think that one was called Chaz or Chad or something like that. And these are all leftist, wokest organizations. And so I thought, my goodness, he's on to something here. And then as I read the article, he was saying that, well, if you look at uh, when these movies became popular, it was around the 2016 election cycle, which led to the election of Donald Trump. And I believe that these movies have infantilized people and taken them back to a time that they long for, that they miss, that they really wish they could have once again. And so it's kind of the whole trope of, hey, you wish you lived back in the 1950s so that people could treat minorities poorly again and treat women poorly again. And I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, what a straw man, what a nonsensical argument. This is what people do when they cannot come up with good arguments is they just start making stuff up or blaming all of their problems on people they don't like, namely that this person doesn't like supporters of Donald Trump. And so he says that, well, that the infantilization of people through superhero movies is linked to support for Donald Trump. Ugh. It just hurts my brain just to think about it. And it's totally not true, especially since all the evidence points to the contrary, that wokeism leads to fascism. And that is the direction that the Marvel movies particularly are taking and is also why the Marvel movie franchises, uh, franchise is quickly losing money at the box office. Nobody wants to go see these woke messages or these woke superheroes. Not even the woke people want to see the woke messages in woke superhero movies because they don't care about superhero movies. It's kind of like back when they wanted to have a vegetarian option at McDonald's and so they started putting all these vegetarian options in a McDonald's menu and what happened? Well, nobody was buying them. Why? Because it was the vegetarians who were advocating for them and vegetarians don't eat at McDonald's. Well, likewise, I, I would argue that no, well, no, I, I wouldn't. I was going to say I would argue that conservatives like the superhero movie, movies a little bit more, but that's not entirely true. I think that I see people on both sides really enjoying the superhero movies, but woke people are offended by everything, so I guess they wouldn't go to see the movies. So I guess that's that in a nutshell. And uh, the next thing on the agenda is about the Satanic Temple and their support for abortion and defending abortion inside of states that have issued abortion bans. This would include places like Texas and Indiana. And let me just get this pulled up here so I can tell you what my source is on that. Oh, yes, my source is practically every source you can possibly imagine. The Satanic Temple website itself, actually, yes, there is a Satanic Temple website, declares that it is upholding abortion as a religious right. That's something that they need to be able to do in order to practice their religion. Now, first of all, I'm going to point out that the Satanic Temple is not necessarily as it sounds. It is technically not people who truly worship Satan. It's a bunch of atheists who want to make Christians angry, so they established an organization called the Satanic Temple, which is actually a secular organization 
that is strictly made just to make religious people angry. So, first of all, their argument falls apart because they are indeed a secular organization. So they do not have religious rituals. They can claim they do. They can make up all sorts of traditions and rituals that they want to, but they cannot call them religious if religion means that they have to be ascribing to the belief in God or a supreme being of some sort. But I will say that the satanic temple actually is indeed doing the bidding of Satan, whether they willfully do so or not. As I was talking to one of my friends before, why do they care about laws that will live past them? Why do they care about planet Earth so much that isn't going to go away for long after they have passed away? Why is it that they claim to care about future generations when they don't believe there's an afterlife? Who cares at that point? And I, I care because I believe in God. I want to see you know, my children and other people's children, the generations to come, grow more and more devout to the Lord our God. I want them to go to heaven and have a chance at going to heaven. Why does somebody that doesn't believe in God or the afterlife have any sort of vested interest in the future after their own lives? And my answer would be that, well, that's Satan's deception right there. Satan wants to have a lasting impact on future generations. And so he uses organizations like the Satanic Temple to be able to influence them. And to that, I did a sermon a while back called Abortion is Satanic. To those who would criticize that assertion, I told you so. Okay, I told you so. Abortion is satanic. And the sa satanic temple is trying to uphold abortion as a religious practice inside of their organization. You also see child sacrifice upheld as a religious practice all throughout the Bible, not by Bible believe, not by the Christians and followers of God inside of the Bible, but by pagan religions and pagan people that eventually in the Old Testament, God actually wiped out because of their wickedness toward children. Uh, so I like pointing that out that, yes, I am correct on this one. And by the way, I, I like saying that my opinions are proven to be correct 100% of the time. And that's just my opinion. But this one is there's a little bit more nuance in that. That's not my opinion. The fact that... Um, the fact that abortion is satanic is not my opinion. It is a fact. It can be drawn to the worship of false gods and demons. Thus, abortion is indeed satanic. And the satanic temple is doing our bidding by showing that, yes, indeed, it is an evil practice. Who else would support it other than people that worship Satan? On the note of abortion, I'd like to bring up that I saw an article on Newsmax that talked about, is this the time for Republicans to go for the kill on abortion? No pun intended, of course. And uh, they were talking about how now is the time that it's the issue of abortion is ripe for the picking. We can defeat it right now. And I don't know if I'm ironically playing devil's advocate here or not. I don't know that now is the time to go for the kill on this issue. Namely because I'm going to frame it this way. That 
when we vote for people to hold an office at any level, they are to be representatives of the people who have elected them, right? And I don't know how far we've come with this issue of abortion. And I kind of, I, I don't want to say we need to wait for the next election cycle for the November election to make up our mind on that, even though that's right around the corner. We're in October right now. And uh, it is November the 8th that the next election is. <clears throat> but I feel like we need to spend more time winning hearts first for this issue so that people don't feel deceived or betrayed because ultimately our goal is yes to, I don't know about our goal, but I would love to see abortion put to an end. There is never a case where abortion is 100% necessary. There are alternatives to abortion in every case. You probably don't know that. And that's exactly my point. We need to educate people on the alternatives to abortion, the dangers of abortion, the misinformation about abortion from the abortion industry. We need to win hearts because when Roe v. Wade was first overturned, people thought that meant an outright ban on abortion across the country, and that was not the truth. It was simply granting the states the right to determine whether or not abortion can be legal in their states or not, which is exactly why the Satanic Temple is fighting abortion on legal grounds inside of these states. They're trying to say that you cannot infringe upon our constitutional rights. But having said that, states do have the right to make laws regarding religion, lest I be mistaken there, which is why the states all operate independently of one another just with a federal government because that makes it basically, don't think of states as like cities, think of states like countries, that they're basically like their own little countries with autonomy, with, with a degree of sovereignty, but that they have all agreed on the Constitution of the United States of America where it outlines our rights in the Bill of Rights in which the federal government cannot infringe upon those rights. Now regarding states, States have more power than the federal government and local governments, again, unless I'm mistaken here, have more power than even the state governments because they rule on local matters and really get closer to the lives of the people that they are governing. And uh, so I think we need to take more time to inform people about the industry of, of, of abortion, the alternatives to abortion. I think that the church needs to spend a lot more time educating people on the wickedness of abortion and how it is anti-biblical, anti-Christian, anti-God, that it is satanic, that it's something that does need to be brought to an end inside of our country, and that our initiative should be in the most extreme cases to save both the lives of the woman and the child that's inside of her that we should never seek to terminate one, either one of those lives. And this has this can very easily trail off into an argument of, oh, is this about um, women's rights or whatever? No, it has nothing to do with that. When babies are separate entities, so it's not about women's rights whatsoever. Even though um, on the Babylon Bee, I just remembered this, I, I listened to the Babylon Bee interview show not too long ago, and they are talking to a woman uh, who was a founder of some sort of crisis pregnancy center. She told the story of a homeless person 
that came into their clinic that wanted an abortion. This person was addicted to drugs, had a horrible boyfriend, abusive boyfriend. Her family was on the verge of disowning her and would disown her if she did not follow through with an abortion. And uh, told this crisis pregnancy center that she had to have an abortion because there's just her life would fall apart otherwise. Well, they convinced her otherwise. She walked out. Seven years later, comes back with a seven-year-old girl. And uh, this is the girl that she was pregnant with when she came into the center. And after having this baby, she went on to get her bachelor's and her master's degree and started, she, she got a good job and was making money. And her life had been transformed because having the baby did not end her life or ruin her life, but saved her life. And so big difference from what we are told from the mainstream narrative. Also, I think that we need to cut through the nonsense being fed to us by the mainstream media regarding this whole thing of it's about the rights of women. There was a movie that came out not too long ago. I think it's a movie. I'm not sure exactly what it is. It's about Marilyn Monroe. It's called Blonde. I have not watched it, but I happened to look something up on it from the National uh, Catholic Register. And it's this movie about Marilyn Monroe, and it shows her experience of having... I think two abortions particularly. And in one of these scenes, she has a vision where one of the babies that was inside of her, after she had aborted a baby, said, Mommy, you're not going to harm me again, are you? You're not going to hurt me again, are you? And it's made Planned Parenthood fly off the handle. They are so angry about it and don't even want this movie to be able to be seen because of what this is portraying here. And so it's even more of a freedom of speech issue than what it is a women's right issue um, because people should be allowed to express those opinions in movies and in multimedia in a multimedia sort of way. So, yeah, I think that instead of just going for the kill right now, first, we I, I guess that we kind of do have to wait for the November elections to pan out. And if they do shake out in a way where the people speak up through their votes, through their elections, and say that, yes, we do indeed want to wipe out abortion across our land, then, okay, it would be the time to go for the kill. But if it's a little bit more wishy-washy than that, then I think that, regardless, I still think that we need to work on educating people regarding this topic because it could result in massive backlash. Um, we need to make sure that we are educated on this topic too, that we're not using weak arguments to refute the things that people are saying about the abortion, uh, to, to, to promote the abortion industry. We need to make sure that our arguments are strong, that they are rooted both in uh, that they are rooted in fact, that they are rooted in faith, and that we truly do know what it is, the, the reasons why we stand against abortion, not just using it as a political issue. So my final topic for tonight, as I was alluding to at the beginning of the program, is Donald Trump and his comments about Jews here in America. And it says that Trump, Trump Jews comment draws backlash. And this is from Newsmax right here that I am looking at right now. <clears throat> and uh, so what Donald Trump had said, I need to read to you what Donald Trump had actually said because it's very easy. I've heard so many cases from the mainstream media where they jump on somebody and say, oh, they, they are racist or they're anti-Semitic or whatever, but they never tell you what was actually said. With Kanye West, I think that his 
comments are a little bit more up there as far as were they anti-Semitic, aren't they anti-Semitic? I don't know. I, I don't think that Kanye West is, quite frankly. I think that um, I, I think that he worded what he said very poorly. But this is what Donald Trump actually had to say that is being called anti-Semitic. He said, no president has done more for Israel than I have. And as, as Trump said in his post, adding that the United States... Uh, and let me start that over. No president has done more for Israel than I have, said Trump. Wonderful evangelicals are far more appreciative of this than the people of the Jewish faith, especially those living in the U.S. And then he goes on to say, U.S. Jews have to get their act together and appreciate what they have in Israel before it's too late. So is that an anti-Semitic comment right there? First of all, let me point out that Semitic comes from Shemite, which is one of the three sons of Noah, which is where the nation of Israel finds its origins, where the Hebrew people find their origin, is from the son Shem, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, uh, the sons of Noah. And uh, so if you're wondering what, a, what, what it means to be anti-Semitic, it means you're anti-Shemite, uh, essentially. And in this case, what Donald Trump is saying is very reasonable, very rational, actually, and it's totally the opposite of anti-Semitic. He's kind of doing what I said about the whole, we need to educate people about abortion first thing. And he says, U.S. Jews have to get their act together and appreciate what they have in Israel. He's saying that Israel is a great state, that the Semitic nation of Israel is a great nation with great people that ideologically they have a lot in common with us and so because of that that the jews here in america that are by and large secular that are by and large democrats that by and large are against the nation of israel they need to learn to appreciate their country of origin because it is under great threat first of all and plus they have many enemies that, regardless of where they stand with their whole faith thing, aren't big fans of them. And so Donald Trump, and to say that Donald Trump, of all people, is anti-Semitic, as he says inside of this article, that no president, and actually, I know that Donald Trump has a way of speaking in hyperbole. This time he's not. No president has done more for Israel than what he did. Maybe the only exceptions being... Uh, Franklin Roosevelt and and Harry Truman. And even then, Franklin Roosevelt did not come on board fast enough before World War II to be able to save the Jews in, well, that would be Germany at the time. There was no nation of Israel at the time, so I don't want to get that too far off. But in terms of doing more for the Jewish people, Franklin Roosevelt went to war with Germany, World War II, and uh, Truman, lest I be mistaken, was the one who finished that war with the atomic bomb. And so those are the only people you can really argue that did more for the Jewish people, nationally speaking, in spirit than Donald Trump. But Donald Trump has done so much for the nation of Israel. He did so much for the nation of Israel inside of his four years as president, particularly in recognizing Jerusalem as its capital. So on top of all that, he does have Jewish relatives. His son-in-law, uh, Jerry Kushner, he is indeed also Jewish 
from descent, uh, ethnically Jewish, and he's married to Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka Trump. <clears throat> and so, uh, and, and what he's saying about the Jewish people here in America is that they, they really need to consider the ramifications of their, <laughs> dare I say, anti-Semitic mindsets when it comes to the nation of Israel. And so he's, he's not anti-Semitic. He's actually pointing out that kind of accidentally the Jews here in America are being anti-Semitic and that the evangelical Christians are more supportive of the nation of Israel than what they are. So I can't find any way to twist this or to spin it any other way than what Donald Trump had said. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about him is he's just a straight shooter. He says it exactly how he means it. And he does the best he can to speak the truth on these topics. And right here, I think that he absolutely nails it. So that was our final topic for tonight. No, Donald Trump is not anti-Semitic. And this is the Bill Sang Podcast. I am Bill Sang. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Go to Rumble. Go to YouTube. Go to Buzzsprout. Go to iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google and all the other platforms. You can find this podcast available and please show your support by subscribing to the program or hitting the notification bell or whatever it is that will draw your attention to it and share it with others as we want our reach to go even further. So thank you so much. My name is Bill Sang. Have a good day.